I feel mm-hmm. like you'd throw me as your shield. <laughs> but in just that in case. case. <laughs> I love you, shield. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us as we discuss part two of our active shooter discussion with Sergeant Sean McGuire with the St. Louis County Police Department. What should people do when they think, you know, either there's a potential active shooter that's, you know, entered the premises um, or they think they hear, you know, gunshots or anything like that? Does any how should people, you know, initially kind of react yeah. um, and and what can they do to, you know, help themselves but also help others? Definitely. So I, I'm, I'm going to kind of explain two different types of situations here that I want people to know the difference. There's an intruder and then there's an active shooter. So an intruder might be just someone inside that building that that intruder may be lost and in the wrong part of it, but they also might be intending to commit some sort of crime but maybe not an active shooter or an active killer. So intruder is somebody where like some businesses have intruder drills and then some businesses have active shooter drills and they're two type of se- types of separate drills because not every intruder is gonna be an active shooter, right? You don't wanna overreact every single time mm-hmm. because an active shooter and an active killer is a lot different than just a regular intruder. So kind of know the difference and, and realize the difference when it comes down to it as, as an employee because like I said, you, you don't want to overact just if somebody's in that office of just, let's say, verbal, you know, So what do you do in an intruder drill? So intruder drill is more of that um, call the police directly, maybe lock down your area if you believe it's going to escalate. Um, maybe get out of that area if you do feel like that's a necessity to get yourself removed from that situation might mm-hmm. be the best. Because I'll explain the active shooter aspect is, when someone is in that office actively trying to hurt people. And that's that's a little bit different, right? Instead of that verbal argument, because the active killer and active shooter incident, um, there are a lot more options, and those options are running, hiding, and fighting of an option-based program. So an intruder doesn't mean you should all of a sudden just start punching the individual and, and getting him into custody. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So so it's a little bit it's a little bit different. But it could change into that is what I'm saying. So I don't want you to, to play the intruder drill lightly, um, but you should have you know kind of steps to take of calling the police, maybe getting out of that area, getting a good description of that subject, okay. still getting police en route to that. Active shooter is you actively hear killing going on or attempting to kill. Let's say the shots start going off. Um, I say active killer based on the fact that not everyone shoots, right? We've seen knives used. We've seen different... We've seen machetes used, which is terrible. Um, you know, the different types of weapons through our history of looking at this where we can't really call them active shooters anymore because there's other ways that people are showing up at these different places and doing stuff. Um, so I usually use active killer for that reason. But that's a lot different. That's that's you fend off and you do whatever you do to make yourself safe or other people safe, right? So that that means running away from the scene, if that means hiding and barricading yourself somewhere or other people from that person, or if that means fighting that person. You know, if you're in a hallway face-to-face with this person, running and hiding isn't, isn't two very good options at that point. We want to let people know, and the, and the businesses that are adopting Run, Hide, Fight as a program, it's an option-based program, that they have to do whatever they need to do to stay alive. And that's the biggest thing. You know, so if they think punching the individual, if they think 
trying to grab the gun, if they think trying to do anything to physically hurt that person, that's totally right. That's totally legal. Believe me, we want people to do that. And I think a lot of instances have, have helped you know, save a lot of people's lives when people interrupt these types of shootings or these types of killings because civilians are starting to realize that they can overtake right. someone um, depending on their physical, physical stature and what weapons they have when they work in groups. Um, you know, I, I always talk about this is a little bit different, but this is a terrorist attack. If you guys remember the plane uh, from 9-11 that didn't hit their intended target because mm. the passengers in the plane realized what was happening and they overpowered that group of people, right? Um, this is the same type of scenario. If you're in a room of three or four people and you realize what's happening and you can help other people or help yourself to stay safe, come up with a plan and do it, you know? The, before we started talking, we started talking about the Run, Hide, Fight program. And statistically, these events are over within five or 10 minutes, right? Mm. And there's different ways it ends. It's either the person kills themselves, the police arrive on scene and they take care of the problem, or a citizen intervenes and stops it from happening. Um, so those are usually the ending, or the person leaves. Those, those are your, pretty much your four options that happen. But usually it's that five or 10 minutes because people that commit these know that the police are en route. And usually response time is right around the five minutes. You know, no matter where you're at in, in our area, it's, it's right yeah. around five minutes is a response time. And it could be less than that. Yeah. An officer could be right down the street when this call comes out and they, right, they walk right into the building right off the bat. So our goal with these option-based types of programs is letting people know whatever the decision they make is a good one. You know, you don't have to do one thing and stick with it. If you get barricaded in a room, look for a different avenue of escape. You know, if you can fight the person just to survive and then you run away, that's great. It's going to change as the event keeps on happening. You don't have to pick one thing and stick with it. It's, it's the best part about the option-based program is common sense just needs to kick in with your, with your body response and you need to do whatever keeps you or other people safe. So we talked about the, the three Fs as well. We won't really know how our body's going to respond until stress happens. It's the fight, the flight, or the freeze aspect of what your body's going to do. Richard, I see you as a freezer. <laughs> <laughs> you say that jokingly. The trainings, so the trainings that we Not do. Not that I'd feel bad. I'd feel a little bad for you if you know I come yeah. finding you under a desk. But hey, if if you were around, I, I would definitely. You I'll know, get my fight, girl gang but, and we'll pick but, you up from underneath the desk. Yes. Start fighting, Richard. But what's funny at the so I'll do a quick little story here at these trainings that I've that I've done in the past. Um, it it's funny when people say, oh, you know, they're, they're friends, go to, this, go to this class, and they're like, I'll never leave you, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take this guy on ourselves, you know. Right. Well, then we have actual scenarios with a cap gun where mm -hmm. we surprise people. So all of a sudden a cap gun starts shooting, and you should see those two people that are standing next to each other are not near Climbing each other each anymore. Other. Yes. Throwing each other it in is, front of one it, another. Yes. It, I wish I had video, um, because it, it does... It just reenacts. You don't know. You don't know, yeah. you don't know how your body's going to react. Um, you know, you could be you could be with your your wife or husband. You know, and this happens, and your body. Let's say one person automatically just starts running, right? And then it's within that couple seconds they realize, oh no, I was with my wife. Yeah. You know, where did she go? Type of thing. And it's not that you don't love each other or like <laughs> each other. That's just your how your body Very responded trauma. to it. Um, we've heard stories in the Las Vegas shooting, you know, that was at the concert, right? Mm -hmm. So many thousands of people, 
shooting starts happening and they at first didn't know what was going on. Right. We've, we actually have connections that were there that were actually a shooting victim. It was an officer's cousin and his girlfriend were there. That happened. You know, one of them was shot, the other one didn't know because the other one was already gone. Yeah. And then they realized after a couple seconds of, oh, oh no, you know, where, where did she go type of thing. He went back to that area and helped her get to cover after that. But those things are going to happen. It's a stressful incident. You know, the police officers and uh, I'll just say the, the SWAT team in general, why do you think they train all the time? Mm -hmm. You know, they go into these houses, they know what they're going into. Their stress level is high, but we do so much of it that your body just kind of kicks in with that adrenaline and you have control of that adrenaline. So the more they train, the more that you're used to those types of situations. This is the same thing. You know, police officers aren't Batman and Superman, right? We're not superheroes. We're just one. Don't that, get some. <laughs> yeah. too, too well, sure. some of us are. I mean. <laughs> uh, but but it really is. It, it's it's interesting just because if people really start thinking about what they're going to do in these situations, you're already ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. Because if you have that mindset of oh that'll never happen here or that's not going to come to St. Louis, well we had Kirkwood, right? Yeah. We had ABB Warehouse. Um, we've had, I think, I think those are the two main really local ones that have happened here where they're considered active shooters because it happened in our region and it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Um, and those are both, you know, that's a place of work, the warehouse and look at Kirkwood. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful housing. It's a beautiful downtown area yeah. and it happened there. Yeah. So, um, you can't have that mentality anymore. I mean, is there an easy training option that employers can implement at their companies? You know, if they don't want to have the big surprise exercise, but mm -hmm. they want to do something. I mean, do you think that's something employers should start considering? Yes. Go to YouTube and Google Run, Hide, Fight. It's a federal government program. They update their training. It's, it's, from, it's from the federal government that updates these videos and, and kind of those topics. It's a five, quick five-minute video. You can send a link out to your company. And it's a realistic video of an intruder coming in, an active shooter situation happening. It goes over what your options are and gives you really good, clear details on what you can do to stay safe. Um, that's the very minimum that I recommend. It's a good video. It's realistic. It's quick. People are at their desk can look at the link. It's a little scary, but it's not bad. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Those those events are going to be scary in any way, you know. Right. Uh, but I really suggest looking at that video and taking a look around your office and your office space. You know, not just your desk, but let's say you're in a cafeteria or let's say you're down the hallway or the restroom or, or whatever, and kind of just think what you're going to do if that situation starts happening. Um, I stress the Run, Hide, Fry program just for families in general that are out shopping somewhere, mm -hmm. right? These have happened at malls. These, these have happened at theaters. These have happened at churches. Um, so if you just really familiarize yourself on the, on the emergency exits and your options that you can do in these types of situations, you're already going to be one step ahead of the game. You're not going to be the one that freezes and doesn't know what to do. Richard. You're already going to start thinking, yeah, you're not going to be the Richard. <laughs> it's like, oh, I need a new pair of pants. Well, <laughs> I feel like in my very official training when I was a Girl Scout, I still remember this, but they always taught, taught you whenever you're in a location, always look for where the exits are also, just to be one step ahead of if something were to happen. You know your easiest route out if you have to run. You know if it is say you're at the yeah. mall and it's an active shooter and think how many exits like are at the can. mall. Yeah. You know if you really start walking through the mall, I, I always use a grocery store because mm -hmm. grocery store you always go one way in, one way out, right? Next time you're at the grocery store, take a look at how many emergency exit signs there are in the back part 
of the grocery store. Yeah. There's exit doors everywhere, right? There's back areas of hiding spaces of where the, the, the meat is and, mm -hmm. and the vegetables and the fruits and the bakery. There's all that stuff that's available there. Everywhere has that, right? Every building has to reach certain code of how many right. exits they have. So once you're at these, at these places, you know, start just paying attention to what is at your disposal. You know, what even doors are lockable. You know, that's, that's one thing I always try to tell people too. Obviously a locked door is your best bet. You know, if you're at a, at a hallway or your office locks, that should be your first step if you think, mm -hmm. you know, barricading your, your door is the best. Just lock your door. That's going to stop a lot of these people from even entering into that spot. They're not carrying tools to break down those doors, right? Right. They're going to door to door or in an wherever open space, they wherever they can get in, where a good amount of people are at, because they know they only have a limited amount of time. So they're going to go try to see their next victim after that. So. It's very dark to talk about mm -hmm. that way, um, but it's true. You know, yeah. our goal of the run, hide, fight, and getting people in schools and teachers and civilians in the workplace, we want to give them options because that goal is just to stay alive for that five or ten minutes until the the, the police get there to to take care of it. So, so, so there's an active shooter. You know, someone either you know has barricaded themselves in an office or you know a classroom. Um, and, and they're waiting on law enforcement. Is there anything they can do to, you know, help further protect themselves or maybe assist law enforcement, um, make sure they don't get confused with, you know, maybe it's a former student uh, at a high school mm -hmm. and you got high school. Yeah, there or... might be similar descriptions. They might not know, but what, what are ways people can help law, local law enforcement? Yeah, so honestly, the, the best thing is to keep themselves safe first. And then if they recognize something like a, a description of the subject, that's always good to give us. But guess what? Our description is going to be when we enter that building, we're going to go towards the shots being fired anyway, and we're going to see, see the, the gun in the hand anyway. So um, being a good witness, but really taking care of yourself first, because that's, that's our main key. The less victims we have of this, the better for us. You know, So don't put yourself in a situation that you may be hurt just because you want to take a look at who the suspect is or get a good description. Don't worry about that. You know, get into a safe area. Make sure you don't use your phone until you're in that safe area. You know, that's that's one thing too. Everyone's like, should I start calling the police right away? No. You know, we're going to be on our way. Believe me. Somebody that's probably outside that building or in a safe spot already is already calling 911. And there's going to be several people calling 911 yeah. after that. So make yourself safe first and then go from there. So a good topic that I, I remember uh, in your email, Richard, you want to hit with CCW stuff on these events. So CCW has changed the police response too. And the reason it's changed is because there's been incidents where officers are off duty in plain clothes at these events trying to take down the shooter, right? And then all of a sudden the uniformed officers are showing up and they see a person dressed in normal clothes with a gun, Yeah. right? So police departments have to take the initiative to start training their officers to paying attention to that. So when we go into a scene, we have to pay attention to the whole entire situation instead of having what they call as tunnel vision of just saying, up oh, guy with gun, that's gotta be the suspect. Really our training has really gone above of that target acquisition of really scanning the entire situation. Um, CCW users, if you are in that situation, you see the police show up, guess what? Drop your gun, mm -hmm. okay? Drop your gun, hands up. The professionals are there to take care of the problem there. And there's no reason to engage that, that suspect anymore once the police get there because you've done your job of trying to help, right? So that's the biggest thing we want to stress with the CCW users. 
if they see police officers, you put your gun away. So that way there's yeah. no confusion. Start yelling, CCW, you know. Um, start just basically you're surrendering at that point because the professionals are there. You did your job. Put your gun down, and we'll take care of the situation. So I did want to hit that because the CCW, a lot of people say, well, is it good to carry a gun, bad yeah. to carry a gun? We don't carry the way because the law is the law, right? Yeah. We just have to try to keep people safe in those situations, and, and that's the best advice that we can give is, is really police officers are – are really training that certain way of, of scanning targets and scanning situations and really developing that quick decision-making skills and trying to learn on that. And the other hand of the spectrum is the, the CCW user himself or herself. They have to realize what their job is and what they were doing needs to stop pretty much immediately when they see law enforcement personnel there, just so there's no confusion. When people barricade themselves in and law enforcement comes is there are there things that people should be listening for from law enforcement say they have the door barricaded but there's like no window so you know it might so be an office tell. so you can't mm-hmm. tell so you don't want to open it and you know yeah. and then there'll be the active shooter out there but at the same time if the police need to get in there and you know check on you guys yeah so one one good thing to remember with this is um, depending on the size of the, the building or how much we have to search, our main focus is getting that active shooter down in custody to leave the area to stop shooting. However, we may do it, that's our main priority. And then our priority focuses over to really helping the injured. Okay, so it's it's always tough to say when a policeman gets there if there's people that have gunshot wounds when we first enter, but the suspect is still shooting people. We can't do anything about those gunshot wounds yet. So our main focus is we're going to keep on walking past you. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrible. But we have to go take care of that threat first yeah. before more people get injured. So really our, our focus with our region has been a program that started in 2010 of how we respond to active shooter. Um, active shooter, really the first prominent one that really hits home with policemen and me and, and probably you guys is Columbine. Mm-hmm. Columbine is really the first one that said, wow. You know, that's crazy, and I can't believe what those kids are going through and what those families and what that community is going through. Um, that changed police training, too. If you guys remember, how did police respond to that? Do you guys remember that at all? Police responded, and they surrounded the building, and they waited for the SWAT team to get there. Yeah. And they, that was how they trained. Yeah. That's how police departments across the country, you know, SWAT teams had all the special equipment, special gear, rifles, protection, all that type of stuff. So policemen surrounded the school and established that perimeter and called the SWAT team. Well, that takes 45 minutes to an hour to get there. You know, all those kids were dying during those that time. There's nothing against that police department, you know, Aurora, Colorado. That was just how they trained for those types of events. And it opened up police officers, you know, eyes and said, we've got to change this. Yeah. You know, if, if there's active killing going on, we have to go do something about it because people are dying and they want the police to get in there. So really our... our our active shooter train, training started tra- changing there. We developed and uh, actually took a, a, a program from LA County in California called MACTEC. It's Multi-Assault Counterterrorism Action Capabilities. Say it again. That's, that's <laughs> not gonna be on your test. <laughs> um, it's, it's labeled MACTEC. All it is, is is our response to an active shooter or terroristic event. And really, it's we train with one person going into the building, two people going into the building, three, four, five. It's it's you're the only guy outside. What do you do? 
guess what? You're going into the building and this is how you do it. Okay. You know, um, that's how our training started. We trained all the municipalities in the area because everyone knows in St. Louis, we have about 760 <laughs> municipalities. <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding. But we do have that's a lot of police departments, up. right? <laughs> yeah. um, so if something happens in an area that um, has a lot of departments in the uh, surrounding it, mm -hmm. guess what? All of those departments are going to respond to that situation, no matter if it's in their jurisdiction or not, because they want to help people. So we all train together. So let's say a Creve Corps police officer, a St. Louis County police officer, a Maryland Heights police officer, and a highway patrolman are the four, first four on scene. They all know how to get into that building together and work together. So that's what's one cool thing about the training. Um, we're one of the first uh, departments in the region to start training with fire departments. So there was a lot of statistics that came back with active shooters that these events only lasted five to 10 minutes, suspects down, not shooting anyone. And then people are bleeding out an hour, hour and a half, two hours later because personnel is not getting to them to help them. So we started training. Once the immediate threat's over, we start bringing in firemen and paramedics into the building with us mm -hmm. instead of bringing victims out. So it's a quicker response to get those medics inside those buildings to start treating people as soon as possible. So that happened in 2013. Um, and every year from there on out, we've been having the same type of training just so we're fresh on what's going on with, with that. So you're, it, uh, that was a really big prequel <laughs> to what your question was, but I haven't lost focus yet. Uh, my main focus of that is it's going to take a lot of time for officers to get to where you're at. So let's say you're barricaded in a room. It's not going to be within the first 10 minutes that we're knocking on the door, right? Mm. Uh, it might be hours into the event. You're going to hear probably if, if I always tell this during, during our training, if it's, you know, let's say an hour later and you still hear a lot of commotion and let's say you're still hearing, you know, assaultive behavior, shots fired, all that type of stuff. You're not coming out of that room, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You're safe. You're safe right now. You stay in there. Um, if you s stop hearing stuff and let's say you start hearing a lot of radio traffic, let's say you hear a lot of police talk and right outside your building, then you are right outside your door and you start hearing a police trying to get inside your room. If you feel like it's the police, open up the door. If you still don't, guess what you can do? Call 911. Okay. Yeah. Right? I guess that makes sense. Call 911 <laughs> and dispatcher, yeah. can you can say, hey, I'm in room whatever in this you know third floor of, of this building. I think policemen are right outside my room, but I'm not sure. Can you check with the units? All right? They'll call the units. Yeah, that's us. We're trying to clear you know the third floor. Everything's calm. Let them know that, that we're right outside their door. Right? So at that point... Um, if you're by yourselves and, and you, let's say you have multiple people in the room, nobody's shot, nobody's hurt, there's no rush at that point. Right. You're going to hang out. Just stay safe, hang out, we'll get to you. If you have some sort of medical emergency or someone is suffering from a wound, you need to call 911. You need to express where you're at, emergency. what's going on. And really, I, I recommend if, you, if you're writing videos down, write videos on tourniquets. You know, you can have a tourniquet made with a belt. You can have a tourniquet made with shoelaces. Um, really, those first aid kind of combat skills. Businesses should start sending out little two, three-minute videos on YouTube for that too. It's kind of like a combat combat medical like class type of thing. But there's certain things that people have in their office and on their person that may save someone's life from bleeding out yeah. if they're stuck in a situation that they can't get out of. So that's another type of video to to really Google and, and look up. Yeah.